Welcome to the Duhoff Dozen podcast, a series of stories of Loris College young alumni from around the globe. Regardless of where they are from or where they are now, their time at Loris connects them all. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Duhoff Dozen podcast. I'm Allison Wong, and I'm so excited for today's episode. Our February Duhok Dozen recipient is a 2017 graduate who is giving back to his community and getting some well-deserved recognition. After playing basketball at Loris, Isaac Storm has gone on to teach and coach at his alma mater, Marquette. He's invested a lot into the students and the results speak for themselves. Isaac, welcome to the show. It's so nice to talk to you. Yes, thanks for having me, Allison. Of course. Well, we're going to start back at the beginning, how you chose Loris. Tell me all about it. I had two siblings that went to Loris. I had a sister that graduated in 2005 and a brother that graduated in 2007. My mom uh, was a accounting professor there for many, many years. So I've, I've been very familiar with Loris. When I was trying to choose a college, I visited about 13 schools. Uh, if you are familiar with Iowa Private College Week, my mom was a big advocate for that. So we visited, like I said, 13 schools that week and I just kind of fell on Loris as, you know, it felt like home to me. It didn't feel, uh, it didn't feel too close to home, although it's only 25 minutes away and every other school just didn't have that feel to me. So I said, you know what, I want to go to Loris and that's my, and that's my decision, not a decision based on my family, but you know, that's where I want to be. That's what felt like home. I love that. I had a similar experience, the Iowa private college week. I feel that went to went to many different schools in that time period and just yeah i felt a sense of home belonging as well at loris that's awesome love that story 13 schools wow i didn't go to that many but there there was you got like a casey's coupon if you visited so many schools so we saved on gas that week <laughs> i love that that's awesome so you're a teacher um, I wonder if you went into Loris knowing that you wanted to get into education or if that's something that came maybe, you know, along the line. Definitely not. I, I went into Loris. I'm a numbers guy. I went into Loris thinking, hey, I have two siblings in accounting. My mom taught accounting. I like business. You know, I wanted to make a pile of money and I was all about business. Um, had a life change in college that kind of spurred uh a change to education and i i never thought of education before uh public speaking not really my thing not my cup of tea but my mom always told me you know it's more of i help people every day i'm not public speaking every day so i kind of went in with that mindset and fell in love with education and it allowed me something i've always wanted to do is, is coach and business wasn't really something that i could coach with because the, the work hours just aren't the same education allows me to do that and I couldn't be happier with it. That's so great. Yeah. Was there like a moment at Loris that, you know, kind of prompted that um, kind of moment of when teaching clicked? Yeah. I, the hardest, the hardest moment was telling uh, my, my uh, advisor, who was my mom, that accounting was not for me anymore. I had an internship my sophomore year that I, you know, I love the people that I was working with, but the desk job just wasn't for me. So at that point, I, I kind of looked at my options, did more of a what don't I want to do list and fell on education. And 
you know, made the change right there, was still able to graduate in, in my four years and, you know, haven't looked back since. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. What I don't want to do list. Mm -hmm. yeah. I really like that. I like that approach. Yeah. It, it, not, not science, you know, not in the health field. Definitely yeah. went that route, but education, I, I definitely like helping people. I love coaching. Uh, I, I coached for many, many years before um, I graduated. So I was just, you know, excited to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk more about coaching because you came into Loris as a multiple sport athlete, um, but kind of really honed in on coaching for men's basketball. Uh, so, so tell me about that, why that kind of was the thing you really stuck to. Yeah, I, w I had a great time. I played for two years and then kind of had a conversation with the uh, coaching staff that they asked me if I would be interested in a student coaching role. You know, never really thought about it, you know, coaching college athletics. I always kind of thought high school was going to be my gig, but I was with my classmates still, uh, you know, Danny Quinn and Je Justin Van Wambach were there and they, they were a big part of why I switched into coaching. Um, was able to work a lot one-on-one -on -one with the, with my classmates, which was really cool. And I don't know. I just loved the X's and O's of college. I loved the the feel of coaching a college team. Uh, nothing better than a college game day. And I was uh, fortunate that the coaches let me have that role. And I had a I had a voice on that on that coaching staff. You know, it wasn't just me taking stats or anything. But they, you know, I got to choose plays that we ran during the game. I got to choose. I ran some analytics on who we fouled at the end of the game. So they really let me dive in and actually have quality experiences on the coaching staff. That's amazing. Sounds like those were some Dewhawks that probably had a big impact on your life and your time at Loris. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, Greg Gorton was the uh, former basketball coach. And then I worked with the current basketball coach, Chris Martin, his first year. Um, him and uh, Gabe uh, Miller, were, he was the assistant coach. They were really impactful on my life uh, those last two years of my college experience. And you know, kind of drove me of, hey, here's how I want to run a basketball program someday. And, you know, I've been able to do that. Yeah, I was gonna say this is all flowing right into like what you're what you're up to now. So just tell us, tell us what you do now. So I'm a full time teacher. Uh, I, for six years, I was a halftime teacher with a as a halftime athletic director at Marquette. As a my family grew, kind of transitioned out of the athletic director role. So now I'm teaching full time. I teach math, business, and some computers classes. Um, I'm a head basketball coach on the boys' side in, in Iowa. And we're in year three, and we're just loving it. Yeah, it seems like you're doing really, really well with them. You recently received the Ed Thomas Coach of the Week Award. Uh, so how did that feel? That was pretty exciting. Uh, you know, I've heard of the award before, but never thought that they would kind of come out this far to Bellevue. You know, we're quite a ways away from Cedar Rapids, but kind of looked up the award when they had given me the call and saw that there were some pretty big time coaching names that had received that award. And I know the story of Ed Thomas, you know, kind of looked up to um, his uh, programs and how they were operated. So it was a really, it was a really special honor for me to receive that award. I bet. What was the feedback that you sort of got from your students, your athletes, the community? It was all pretty, really supportive. Um, you know, I 
am the head coach, but it all comes from how the players uh, put in the work. My assistant coach is very, very adamant on, um, you know, scouts and all that stuff. It takes a full team effort. And that was just kind of one of the, one of the awards that stems from the, the team effort, you know, that without the players putting in the effort and buying into our system without the, with my, without my assistant coach, putting in all the extra work behind the scenes and, you know, kind of collaborating with me as a staff, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. And that's kind of what the award shows. I feel like is there's so much buy-in from the players, the managers, our parents are very bought in and our coaching staff. So it, it kind of shows the entire picture of where our program's at. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, and I mean, it, it makes total sense that they would come to Bellevue, you know, from Cedar Rapids to honor you because you guys are doing really well. You just earned your 50th career win. Your team is ranked number one in the state, I saw. So just how does that all feel to just see the success of this program and to know you're kind of having that impact? I grew up watching my brothers. Uh, my brother was on the team in, in 2003. He was a Marquette grad. I had another brother that graduated in 2007 that was a manager on our state runner-up team in, in 2006. And just watching those teams, I remember the excitement I felt as an elementary student. And I just, I wanted to be a part of some a, a program that had those expectations. So uh, when we took over uh, two years ago, three years ago, we kind of set that standard of, hey, this is what we are gonna try to accomplish we're going to talk about it on a daily basis, but here's what needs to be done. And like I said, the buy-in from the team and the parents and our, our coaching staff, and to be honest, my wife and family too, um, they bought in a lot to allow me the time to be at uh, workouts and practices and, and do um, all the stuff that is required. You know, the buy-in is just what's been the, the biggest thing for us. And it's pretty exciting to be in the spot that we are. We know that our goals aren't, aren't, accomplished yet but the byproducts of the process is being it's been real fun to be in those positions that's so great really really inspiring what what is the long-term goal what do you hope to see from this team that you have we're very close to the postseason we have two big games left we have northland on friday who's ranked number three um it's a it's a they're in our conference it's kind of a rivalry game uh, and then we have easton valley on tuesday of next week but then that postseason starts, and we, we were one point away last year from reaching the state tournament. It's been 17 years since Marquette's been in Des Moines for, on the boys' side, so we're kind of excited to just try to be that team that gets this, gets this community back to state. Um, it was kind of a habit back in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, and we're trying to set that standard again. That's so great. So exciting. I'm sure the school is just all behind you and mm -hmm. supporting the team. Yeah, we've had a lot of good crowds this year. And, um, you know, our parents have been very supportive. Our, the alumni have been super supportive. We've had some alumni come back and talk to the team in recent years, just saying, hey, you know, here's what we got from Marquette basketball. We're hoping that you are getting the same thing and just know that we're behind you. You know, I've received a lot of emails from uh, alumni that watch. You, know, you can watch every game now on live stream. So you got people watching for, in Colorado and Arizona, Florida, and they're just very supportive. And that's kind of what the Marquette community is about. That's so great. Are there any Dewhawks in that community who have also been showing you support? Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of Dewhawks. I, 
I get messages from, you know, Justin Bush. He's the girl, head girls coach now. I played with him at Wars and coached him for a couple of years. Um, Chris Martin mess, reaches out every now and then. Uh, my old my old uh, r- roommates, Kyle Jagmanis and uh, Neil Bingham, talk to them a lot. You know, just there's so many names out there. I can't I can't name all of them. And some of them grew up with me in Bellevue and now are back here. They went to Loris with us, Alex Timmerman. Um, you know, Callan Long was there. And those other uh, Duhawks that came back and are living in town now, it's exciting to, you know, see them on the weekends and be uh, and just have those connections that Loris brought us. Oh, that's so great. Love to hear that. You mentioned Neil. He was one of the people who nominated you, actually. Really? The Duhawk dozen. There was some other people too, and I have a message that I want to play for you. Okay. We're so excited for Isaac to be nominated for the Duhawk dozen because he truly embodies what it means to be a Duhawk. Isaac is one of the most genuine and thoughtful people. He is dedicated to not only his family and his friends, but he's also dedicated to his community, his students, and his athletes. And above all that, he puts his faith in the forefront. He's intentional with his words and his thoughts. Everybody deserves an Isaac in their life. What do you think? (laughs) I love them. I love the ending. Everyone needs an Isaac in their life. That's very special. That's that means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people supporting you, cheering you on from the Loris community and beyond. It's really, really clear to see. And um, yeah, just really it's been a really good conversation. Love talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just wondering what are some of the sort of values and morals, you know, beyond the basketball skills, you know, that you're teaching your students and athletes, you know, what are the other values and morals that you try to instill in your students? Uh, specifically with our basketball team, we kind of built our, our program on two things. We kind of, uh, stemmed from those two things, but we really started with love and effort. That was kind of what we wanted uh, to instill in our guys and say, if you give all the love and all the effort you can to everything you do, you're going to be pretty successful in life. Um, you know, it takes a lot of love and effort to have a family, uh, a family that runs well. And um, it takes a lot of love and effort to go to work every day, to go to school every day, to battle on the basketball court every day with your teammates. And we try to, um, you know, we try to have a lot of team bonding stuff that brings the guys together. I think we don't have really an upperclassman, underclassman tone. It's, it, you know, we have 18 guys in the program right now, uh, 21 if you count managers. And one through 21, they hang out almost every weekend. And that's pretty special to me that the guys have really um, come together as a family unit because we don't, we don't have issues in that, in that family. Um, they give all the love and effort that they can do. And they give me that as a coach on the basketball court. And um, we kind of gone from there. You know, we've added some uh, other characteristics that, you know, family, uh, commitment, accountability, and tradition are the other four that we talk about. Um, and they kind of stem from how our programs transformed in the, in the last three years. You know, we, we thought love and effort were kind of the two cornerstones that we really needed to hit home. And now if we wanted to take the next steps to be one of those top tier programs, those other four needed to be there too. So I, you know, I tell, I tell my players, I love them all the time. Not a lot of people, you don't hear that in sports very often. Um, you don't hear that in the classroom very often, but 
if you ask my students, every time I end class, I say, I love you guys. We'll see you around. You know, some students were kind of freaked out at first by it, but they've really, they've really kind of just, you know, some students say, I love you back. And that's kind of cool to be like, hey, I really care about you and you guys really care about me. We can get a lot done in this classroom and on the court. Oh, wow. That is so special. Wow. Yeah. I just feel like kids go through so much nowadays to like know that they have someone that really deeply cares about them and like tells it to them every day. I'm sure that that does a lot for them. They, there's a lot of uh, videos out there that say, you know, the students need champions. And sometimes that just takes someone who says, hey, I love you. Um, hey, you need a hug. You need a pat on the back. You need a high five. You need a knuckles. I'm here for, for you. And, um, you know, student, not every student gets that. And I, that, that's what I try to do every day. I, you know, might not always be the best math teacher, the best business teacher, but I can truly say that I loved every student that walked through here. Oh, that is amazing. It sounds like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in life. Do you feel like this love, this effort, you know, those two kind of words that you try to instill in your students, any connection, you know, to what you learned at Loris or the values you gained at Loris, you know, that kind of go into that? Yeah, they, you know, the Loris dispositions always talked about uh, that just kind of, you know, giving what you have and, and being very, uh, being open to using your gifts that God has given you and, you know, being able to give them to everyone in your life, whether you see them for five minutes a day or it's your family that you see almost all day, every day. And I think um, I met a lot of awesome, really awesome people at Loris, a lot of awesome students, professors that kind of, you know, they challenge you at Laura's College. And I think that's one thing I'm also trying to do with my students is say, hey, it's a challenge to love everyone in your life because um, not everyone's going to be, you know, perfect um, every single day. You know, there's going to be some arguments. There's going to be people have bad days. Some people have better days than you. Um, some people are successful before you are. Um, some people are more successful and you just you still have to love them. You know, um, you got to give all the effort to them and to what you're doing. And, you know, you can kind of write your own narrative that way. And I've really hoped that my students take that from what I've tried to instill in them. So great. If you could teach your students one thing, what would it be and why? This kind of goes along with this theme. <laughs> um, I think I teach some middle school and high school and there's really very different dynamics there. I have some sixth graders that are really just trying to find their way in a middle school classroom versus an elementary. And I have some seniors that are talking to me about going to college and they don't know what they want to do with their life. And I think um, one of the biggest things is you kind of have to live on that. I don't care. I like, I wouldn't rather be anywhere in the world right now than what I'm doing. Okay. I want to be right here talking to Allison about, uh, you know, the Duhok nation and what they're, what they've given me. And I tell that to my students, I said, right here, if you're learning some math equations, there's no place you'd rather be than right here with your classmates doing this. And if you have that mindset every day, you're in, you're in the best spot possible. You know, you, you wouldn't rather be anywhere else. Now we know we'd rather be with our family at times. But if you have that mindset while you're uh, present with other people, 
then when you go home, you can be like, hey, there's no place I'd rather be than right here with my family now. And that's that's a big th a concept for some sixth graders to understand. But I think as they get older and they get to college, they say, yeah, I have to be present because um, there's some students that won't be here at Marquette in four months because, you know, they're graduating. And I think that's, you know, I remember leaving high school and thinking, man, I that was probably the best four years of my life. Went to Loris, thought the same thing. And now I'm back here just th saying, hey, this has been the best place for me the last seven years. My family's grown. Um, you know, we're very connected to the school where I work at. My, my wife works here. My kids go to daycare here. And I, if you live that, if you live your life just saying, this is where I want to be right now, then I'm in the best spot possible. Wow. That's a really good message that, you know, being in the moment of where you're at, love effort. I just feel like those are just three really great takeaways from this conversation. Yeah, so good. I've had a lot of people that have influenced me. Um, my family's been a big part of that. Um, and, you know, the teachers, at, at the professors at Wars, the teachers here at Marquette. I, I was a student with some of my coworkers and it's, it's been great to come back and just, you know, they they are still giving me that same message that they were giving, uh, you know, I don't know, was it 15 years ago now? But it, the message holds true. And it, there's been a lot of people that have influenced uh, me from where I'm at right now. That's great. Would there, would, do you have a message at all for other Duhawks out there about just kind of staying connected to their communities, the Loris community, you know, as a whole? Seems like you're someone that's really, you know, dialed into their community. So any sort of words of encouragement for people to do the same? Yeah, I would say stay, you guys stay connected to Loris College. I, I've kind of stayed connected through um, the sports side specifically, but I also see Dr. Shirell, who is in education. He's down here uh, viewing some student teachers every now and then. Um, kind of, I've gone back and done the alumni panels that's been really fun to be a part of that, of just kind of thinking, hey, I was there about five or six or seven years ago listening. I remember um, my senior homecoming, they had alumni panels and my current boss, my principal right now was on one of those panels. And that's kind of where I met him for the first time. And it was kind of exciting for me to go back and sit on one of those panels and talk to future Duhawks, um, do future Duhawk alumni. But I think that's one of the special things that Loris brings is the alumni community is one of the best in the nation. And you're always, you know, like you said, I stay in touch with my, my old roommates quite a bit. You know, some of them live in Bellevue now, but some of them live uh, farther away and we still stay connected. And that's been really special to me um, because it was such a good part of my life. And now I can say, Hey, that part has not just left me, you know, we still reconnect. Homecoming's a great place to get back and, and see everyone. But those phone calls, those text messages, the emails, they're just as special hearing from someone that you haven't seen in a while. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Isaac. I feel like you gave a lot of inspiration to everyone. Like I said, love effort, you know, being in the moment, being invested in where you're at right at that time. Um, Great message about staying connected with everyone. Duhawk Day is also coming up March 6th. 
another way to stay connected to the college and maybe, you know, reconnect with a professor or, you know, your old roommate. Um, so just lots of great messages and lessons here. Before we let you go, can I ask you some rapid fire questions? Sure, let's do it. Cool, okay. So we'll try to keep these as quick as possible. First thing that comes to your head, okay? Mm -hmm. Great. Is your bed made right now? No. Your go-to lazy dinner? Pizza rolls. Ooh. Favorite time of day? Night, for sure. A book you might be reading currently? I'm reading David and Goliath right now. Nice. A show you're binging or maybe just watching. I feel like you're not the type of person that has a lot of time to binge. <laughs> we, we don't watch a lot of TV, but when we do, it's it's definitely The Office or the fr or Friends. Love it. What's your go-to karaoke song? My go-to karaoke song has got to be... Weird enough, it's probably Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a great one. I love that. Travel to the past or travel to the future? Definitely the past. Ooh. Cannonball into the pool or dip a toe first? Cannonball, gotta be. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Purple or gold? Gotta be, I was, I went to Lorisol Sports Camp, I was gold. Golden glory, raise the roof. <laughs> Defense or offense? I'm an offensive guy, for sure. And one lesson you wish you'd learned sooner? Um, I wish I would have learned that family is probably the most important thing in my life. You know, um, family is something that you'll always have, but sometimes you lose. Um, you know, I lost my dad when I was 19. And just something that I wish I would have learned. Hey, like every chance you get with family, take it, take it, take it, take it. Because sometimes you don't get it back. And that's definitely one thing I wish I would learn when I was younger. Yeah, hmm. definitely. That's such a great, such a great lesson. I think we can all take that into account in our own lives for sure. Well, hmm. that's it. Those were the questions. You did great. Hard. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Isaac. It was really, really great to to meet and talk with you. Like I said, this was just so many, so many great lessons that people can take from this podcast today. So thank you. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Well, thanks again to you and thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in next month when we'll have another Dewhawk Dozen recipient. Thanks, everyone.